0: Hey everybody, that's Hall Oates with She's Gone, Natives of Philadelphia, and I am Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. The title of that song seems appropriate for Atlanta United's chances of advancing in the Champions League, I think, after last night's 3-0 loss. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and I hope that you will consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And thank you for emailing me your questions, which I'm going to answer in just a bit. As I noted earlier, Atlanta United suffered its first loss this season, and it was a big impactful one on Tuesday when it was beaten 3-0 by the Philadelphia in the first leg of their quarterfinal series in the Champions League. Champions League. (laughs) The second leg is going to be played on May 4th in Chester, Pennsylvania at Subaru Park. I'm still trying to find out if any Champions League team uh, has ever overturned a 3-0 deficit in the uh, quarterfinals or semifinals. Um, waiting on the media guide, and I'm going to go through that and let you know, but I doubt it's happened before. Philadelphia striker Casper Shabelko was left unmarked on the back post to score the winning goal in the 57th minute. He added a second in the 73rd minute, and Anthony Fontana scored the third after a Philadelphia counterattack in the 86th minute. On that first goal, it looked to me... Like Alan Franco, making his debut, was a little too energetic to try to close down a Philadelphia player. He left Shibelko. He didn't need to. Santiago Sosa was right there to close down the guy with the ball. That player made the pass to Chabelco. His shot was uh, blocked by Brad Guzan and went out for a corner. On the ensuing corner, the ball was deflected, and Santiago Sosa start, stopped running with Shibelko for the tap-in. It was the first goals allowed by Atlanta United at home in its Champions League history and its first loss at home in the tournament's history, snapping its five-game win streak. It was also Atlanta United's largest loss at home in its five-year history. The win stood because Philadelphia goalkeeper Andre Blake finished with seven saves, using every body part he had to deny Atlanta United, which now faces a tough challenge in trying for the third time to advance past the quarterfinals of the tournament. The majority of Blake's saves came in the first half when the Five Stripes peppered his goal. Atlanta United finished with 65.4% of the possession, had 16 shots, putting 7 on goal. Still, it was shut out for the second time in five games this season. Philadelphia manager Jim Curtin said after the game that when he saw Atlanta United's team sheet, he told his team that the Five Stripes were trying to land the knockout punch in the first game. They needed to survive the first 15 minutes and see what happened. When it was 0-0 at halftime, I predicted on Twitter that Curtin would then play for the counterattack in the second half, assuming that Atlanta United manager Gabriel Heinze would continue to push his players forward. That's exactly what happened. Um, This is going to be a learning experience for Heinze and the team, I think. It's something that Gerardo Martino learned after that loss to Columbus in the first playoff game. He learned that you you just can't keep going forward, particularly in tournament games. You've got to play solid defense first and then go forward. And that's what Atlanta United did in 2018 in winning the MLS Cup. Atlanta United against Philadelphia was a little bit helter-skelter. A lot of one-on-one pressing all over the field. A lot of players bombing forward. Part of the problem was... When Philadelphia kind of got more narrow and more narrow and Atlanta United was forced to try to hit crosses, those crosses weren't on target. Joseph Martinez is still not 100%. He he was not going to win a whole lot of those balls, not that he really had a chance. Most of them were hit so hard or so far over his head, he he couldn't have done it. But now Atlanta United will play on Saturday at New England. It's been a tough place for the Five Stripes to play at Foxborough, not a place I would – travel to, uh, if I were an Atlanta United supporter, to go see a game. It's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. They're trying to build up the area around it, but it's not a lot of fun. Boston is fun, if you get to do that. But now, on to your questions. And there are quite a few. Um, I took most of them on Twitter, so I'm not going to use people's names. What are your thoughts on starting Franco over walks? Uh, Alan Franco, uh, designated player slash center back for Atlanta United. This was his debut I was really, really stunned to see him make his debut in this game. Um, Anton Walks and Miles Robinson, Walks is the player he Franco replaced, had had three shutouts in four games and only allowed one goal in those first four games. I thought they had a good communication. Starting Franco in a knockout game was a little bit of a risky maneuver. I wondered if Heinze did it because of Shabelko. He's a big physical presence. We didn't get a chance to ask Heinze why Franco got the start. Um, The press conferences are are generally only about 15 minutes, and there's a lot of people asking questions, and it's impossible to get all the things you want answered answered. This is part of the problem of everything being on Zoom. So anyway, I was surprised that Franco started over walks. I think you'll probably see Franco again on Saturday, and then I think you may see walks come in next Tuesday. Um, Atlanta United cannot give up another goal on Tuesday if it Hopes to advance. So I think you'll see walks come in again. I thought Franco played well. Um, You know, I I did note what I think was the mess up on his part that eventually resulted in that first goal. But, you know, he's trying to show energy, he's trying to be aggressive. I thought he had a a few good one on one moments defending uh, against Philadelphia's players. So you can see he's got a lot of quality, and it's just going to take a little bit of time. Next question: Who should be playing left and right wing? This this was another one that I thought we would see Anton walks. Well, I predicted we were going to see Jurgen Dom. I, if I were Heinz, I would have probably started Jake Mulroney on the right. I think he's a little bit more of a finished product than Jurgen Dom. I think he delivers a much better cross than Jurgen Dom. He's not as fast, but he's fast enough. But anyway, Jurgen Dom came in four chances created, quite a few heavy crosses, quite a few lost dribbles. I've tweeted, and I keep saying he is both really aggressive and really indecisive at the same time. Is what it looks like. I think as he gets playing time, as he gets experience, he'll start. His mind will start to calm down, and he'll be able to to put in some better deliveries. Um, his had the first shot in the first minute or second minute, I think that got saved by Blake. That was one that he should have put into the goal, um, and eventually, well, y'all know what happened. On the left, Marcelina Moreno. Still does not look comfortable. He uh, created he put two shots on goal, I think it was, and created a chance. Um, but he still just doesn't look good. He's he still uh, not winning one-on-one dribbles. Part of the problem, in my opinion, is both Marino and Dam are very, very one-footed. And when Marino's on the left and he's right-footed, he can cut inside, and that's fine. But he's got to be able to get to the baseline or the inline and put in a cross, and he just he just won't do it with his left foot. Um I think Rob Usry last night tweeted like a 100 wingers but no real wingers uh, as a description of Atlanta United, and I thought that was pretty spot on by Rob. Um, but, again, it could just be a matter of time and patience. So we'll see what happens. The lack of goals is worrisome, but we'll go from there. Raphael, he did include his name. Where do we need to tighten things up on the pitch? Uh, well... <clears throat> I think Atlanta United needs to learn when to throttle forward and when to throttle back. That hurt them last night, and they need some better crosses into the box. That's the things that need to be tightened up. What can Atlanta do to fix defending set pieces? This seems to be a long issue with the team. Uh, In my opinion, Miles lost his assignment on that goal. I don't think that was Miles. I think that was Sosa. Um, if, If you watch the video again, Sosa is the one on the back post uh, where Shabelko was, Sosa stopped running when the ball got deflected, which is human nature. You're trying to see where the ball is. Um, I don't think it was Miles, but I'll go back and watch. Um, but, yeah, the team has had some trouble defending set pieces. Having Walks or Franco and Robinson in there, I think, is going to make a big difference. Um, but we can only see going forward. New England is going to present a big problem with set pieces. It's got a couple of really big forwards um, that, that are good at winning balls of the air. Is our best shape a 4 3 3 given our roster? I could argue for a 5 4 1 or a 4 2 3 1 False 9 of Barco. That was another bit of a surprise last night. I know that Bello and Ibarra were listed as fullbacks last night, but they weren't really fullbacks. Um, it was more like a 3 4 3. And unfortunately, it, DeBoer, Frank DeBoer, previous manager Frank DeBoer, played a 3 4 3 and the team rarely scored. And the same thing happened last night. Last night was a much better played game than any under DeBoer. Atlanta United just was unlucky that it didn't score. It was a little bit surprising that they rolled that formation out for this game. Um, It almost seemed like they were trying to shoehorn away to get Franco into the lineup and cover the absence of Brooks Lennon. Um, But we'll see going forward. It's either going to be the 4-3-3 or a 3-4-4. I like a 3-5-2 or three five one one. 3-5-1-1. that's a, a formation that worked well for Atlanta a while ago. I think it would take advantage of Bello and Brooks Lennon's abilities as wingbacks. But I'm not Heinza, and he's going to do things the way he thinks is best, and that's what he's paid to do. What is my opinion on Brad Guzan? I've seen his last performances, and he seems to concede easy goals. I'm really not sure how Guzan gets blamed for any of the goals last night. Um, he stopped the first one-on-one with Shabalco. The second, you're, you're only going to win so many of those. Uh, and the corner kick that wasn't his fault at all. That was it bounced off a defender and went to the other side. So I wouldn't write off Guzan yet. Why did Hinesy go for that game like it was a one leg final? We threw away a two leg tie at home in the first leg. Really, really frustrating. I agree with you on that. As I just talked about, I think Atlanta United, when it was down one to nothing, there's a the difference between trying to get a tying goal and like seemingly trying to score five goals with one goal. And that's what it looked like Atlanta United was trying to do last night. you only behind one to nothing. You can go to that second leg, and you can still win the game. Now behind three to nothing, it's just not going to happen. It reminds me of that first leg in Monterey in uh, 2019 when Frank DeBoer refused to make substitutions when Atlanta United was losing one to nothing. And sure enough, they gave up two more goals in the game's final 15 minutes on very tired legs. And that was the end of that series for Atlanta United. Same thing, um, different reasons, but but kind of same same result. So again, this is a learning experience for Heinz, and we'll see what happens. My question is: What possible possible positives can you take from this? The team looked mad and. Look like their emotions had a huge part of this game, losing by three goals to zero. What can we take away? Well, you could take away that the game could have easily been three or four nothing and it laying out its favor at halftime. You could take away that as wasteful as Jurgen Dom looked, he was very, very dangerous. Um, he kept getting into good spots. Now he's just got to do the final product. Um, Sosa, Santiago Sosa, I thought had a good game. I think Robinson and Franco are going to form a good partnership I thought Bello was dangerous at times. I thought Barco was neutralized a good bit, but a lot of that was because Philadelphia played so narrowly and really clogged the middle or the mid-channels, as Hines put it, which really limited his influence in last night's game. Should Moraney have come on for Dom instead of Marino? I think he probably should have, or put, and switch Dom over to the other side and let him try his luck there, uh, but too late now. If Eric Lopez has to continue – or if Lissandro Lopez has to continue to be out, does Atlanta United go with Conway as the backup or stick with Kubo? I don't think you're going to see Conway play for Atlanta United this season. I think he's going to be with Atlanta United too. I think Kubo Torres remains a very fine backup. He had an opportunity last night to score. He's another one who keeps getting into good positions. Eventually, he's going to score uh, going back to last season. And remember, Kubo was once a designated player in Major League Soccer. He's still, and he's only 20 something years old. He's still got a lot of life left in those legs. Don't write him off yet. <clears throat> and last question, and I appreciate it. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. If you are a Heinze, given the result last night, do you turn your focus <laughs> toward MLS and rest most guys next Tuesday rather than the opposite? No, 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 no. There's no chance Heinz is going to do that. You're still very early in the league season. If you play all your starters on Tuesday and it results in you losing the next game, you've still got 20 something games at that point to make that those lost points up. <clears throat> you have no more chances after Tuesday in Philadelphia. You've got to go for the result. It doesn't really matter at this point if you lose five to nothing, six to nothing, seven to three. Um, you've got to go for it. So you'll see Heinz go for it. It does not strike me in his nature as being a guy who's just going to give up. He said last night he loved the way the team played. It gave him a lot of energy, and now they just got to work on finishing their chances. I'm going to give one more check here to see if anyone sent any more questions before I close out. This is this Southern Fried Soccer podcast. Um, I don't really see any more. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you subscribing to the podcast. I hopefully will see you subscribing to the Atlanta Journal Constitution. I hopefully will see you following me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. Please take care of yourself. I hope you and your families are doing well. Philadelphia 3, Atlanta United nothing in the first leg of the Champions League series.